Hey guys, this week's episode is sponsored by Gear Supply Co. Gear Supply Co. sells premium guitar strings hand-wound in the United States of America. They're a subscription guitar service, so you can always have fresh strings on hand with packages starting at $8 for a pack of strings and three guitar picks. They have awesome customer service, so if you have any questions for them, just shoot them an email. You can check out their subscription plans at gearsupply.co today. Thanks, Steve. Or tomorrow. We or did it. Whenever you get to it. You, you, you stumbled in there a little bit, but I think that's the one, that one is the money. That's the money. Yeah. All right. Well, here's, here's the intro music. Let's start the show. Hey guys, this is Ryan. And this is Steve, and you are listening to 60 Second Home, the guitar, bike, selling, training, fixing, money, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Oh, here we are. <laughs> <laughs> nice, int- nice intro, Steve. I almost passed out. You're real pumped off our sponsor, aren't you? I am. Really excited about that. I think they're going to send us uh, a little taste of the goods at some point. Yeah. And we'll be able to talk about it, uh, how good it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, uh what are what's new steve uh i believe we have a pedal to talk about we do have a pedal to talk about we got uh those jh pedals jh s <laughs> pedals are you drunk i'm working on it uh we are drinking some modern times beer right now steve has the ipa and i'm about to crack the size on nice <sighs> refreshing modern times uh they're all about the can yeah the can is nice i like it yeah um yeah we have a, a pedal to talk about the jhs twin 12 yes yes all right well steve you got a chance to finally play around with this thing well let, let's talk about it yes i did that's true i had a chance chance to Play with it with your bass with my bit with the bass with the bass guitar. Um, but I think we're getting you a little slap at the bass. I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. Okay, you take us where we need to. Be. You steer this so, boat, Steve. You steer you steer us down the river Twin Twelve. The river Twin Twelve. So I think the first thing that people should know mm-hmm. is that the JHS Twin Twelve follows in um, kind of the. Uh, this thing that JHS has been doing, they started with the Superbolt. Uh-huh. Just the Superbolt was based on the Supro Thunderbolt. Yeah. Uh, kind of it, going for that sound on the pedal. An amp. It's an amplifier. It's an amplifier. Uh, classic amplifier. The JHS Twin 12 is based on the 1963 Silvertone Model 1484, which was originally a student model amplifier, but has become a legendary, hard-to-find uh, classic tube amp. Right. So that's kind of what they're going for here. Um, for a student model, that's a massive amp. Yeah. Well, I'm, but that was back in the day, Silvertone, man. Yeah. Um, so this was kind of a classic amp. Just to get it out of the way, here Jack it comes. White. He said it. Yeah. Say it again. Jack White. Say it again uh, and he'll come true. Jack White. Oh, no. It's like Beetlejuice. He's, he's a, here. He's appeared in the room. Jack, what are you? Oh, he's leaving and he looks really frustrated. I think this happens to him a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so 
there's a lot of features in this. I got to mess around with it as um, bass on bass. Apparently, you can. And take I got this to play to, around with it on my guitar stuff. Apparently, so. you can make this take this up to 18 volts. I'm like reading about things that I just can didn't you? know. I don't remember if I ran it at 18. It says negative power up to a powerful 18 volts. Oh, you know what I did? I did hook it up to the 18. Um, so I don't have that option with my setup right now. Uh huh. But that might be something cool to uh, mess around with at some point. Um, and I didn't know some of the other stuff that I'm not going to really talk about. But anyway, the pedal itself. So I tried a different thing. Well, you play it with the guitar first. We should talk about that first. Okay. Um, well, I, th- I thought it was a lot of fun. It's a, you know, it's basically an amp sound in a box. It gives you like a really amp like kind of breakup and kind of voicing. It really just, it really changes, uh, your flavor. So if you want to get that kind of cardboardy sounding white stripe sound, or you're kind of like, uh, kind of like your Foo Fighter sounds, I think Dave Grohl uses, uh, the Silvertone amp as well. Uh, or Possibly. any of those other kind of like classic uses of the, the amplifier, but you want to have it be convenient and on your board so you can flick it on and off at any time. I think it's a, I think it was great. Yeah, the, I you've had it for a while. I I don't have fresh memories okay. in my head. JHS mentions Beck, Death Cab for Cutie, The White Stripes slash Jack White, uh-huh. Vampire Weekend, and Coldplay as bands that have brought kind of this the fourteen eighty four right right uh, love back. Um, I tried to use it initially on bass as a preamp. Uh huh. Running it directly into the effects loop of a bass amp, it kind of works for that, but I just didn't feel like the pedal itself maybe had enough gain. Like I would turn the volume all the way up on that, and I still didn't really feel like I had enough power. Interesting. Um, because to me it seemed like it had just a ton of headroom. Well, that that's the thing is when I switch it up and tr- put it into like the input of an amp. Right. Tons of headroom. Gotcha. I actually, uh, so yeah, so uh, I actually would used it later on in that same day as with guitar, uh, whereas with bass, I had it like really like turned up uh, a lot trying to run it through the effects loop. When I was us- using it direct into the front end of an amp, I was running it like nine o'clock. Right. Um, maybe 10 o'clock. So, I don't care what time it was. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so as like a sh- actual preamp, like something to like bail you out on a gig if you are stuck with some janky amp that you don't want to run run to the front end on. Sure, I didn't think it was completely suitable. I could have made it work with the bass amp that we have at church because it's three hundred watts, so there's just uh-huh. a ton of power there. And there's a master volume, and there's actually a boost that is after the effects loop on that amp that could have made it work. Um, but I just wasn't. Uh, Super excited about that setup. I ended up running into the front end where I have my amp set up as like a clean palette. Uh-huh. And then so if I want clean, like norm, like your typical kind of bass sound, I just run it as it is. If I want like just a really light, natural amp like sounding overdrive, uh, I just hit that thing on. And what it actually really reminded me of is um, the acoustic. Oh, yeah, totally. Because with the Acoustic 150, the way I would run that thing on bass is I would turn it up into where 
uh, now it's solid. That amp is solid state. Uh-huh. The 1484 is a tube amp, but I would run the acoustic up to where even like the solid state components were starting to clip out a little. They have a similar voicing. Yeah. Like they have that kind of MIDI, like, I I'm, don't mean MIDI like Roland MIDI. I mean like mid uh, kind of cardboardy growl to it, you know? Sure, sure. Uh, it, it sounded really great for that. Um, I really liked it. Now, later that day, I did something that I th- was along the same lines, but I did it with guitar. Uh-huh. Um, and I pretty much, with the exception of like one song, uh, I just ran the tw- I ran the Twin 12 into a old uh, PV keyboard amp. It was like this old 60-watt oh, wow. keyboard amp. Just set the EQ straight up, did all of my EQing from the pedal, uh, dialed in just a little bit of dirt to get some volume and everything, and it sounded great. Yeah. Awesome, like low-gain, overdrive sounds. I didn't really get a chance to mess around with like setting it up for... I've heard a lot of guys say that it works great as like a fuzzy, like you turn the gain up and you get some fuzzy tones. Uh-huh. Uh, I just didn't really have an opportunity to test those things out, but um, just in the functions that I was using it as like kind of a low gain uh, preamp style pedal, I thought it worked really well. Yeah. I mean, the the way that I used it when I was using it, if I can remember clearly enough, I basically for two weeks in a row playing at, at church uh, used it as an always on pedal, like I, I, I ran I run into a PV Classic 50, but I run into the clean channel. I don't do any dirt on there, and I just kind of run the EQ as flat as I can get it. And then I use my board for different kind of overdrive voicings. Yeah. So I left the, tw- the Twin 12 on at the end of my drive chain. So I was treating it like my amp and then treating everything after it like it was in the effects loop. Uh, and then I would stack different gains or fuzzes in front of it to kind of do my different flavors sort of thing. And it really does for, for being actually a pedal, it really does take other pedals. Like it's acting like an amplifier. Yeah. Like if I hit it with a fuzz, it would act like a fuzz hitting an amplifier. If I hit it with, you know, like a tube screamer type overdrive, it would act like a tube screamer hitting a, uh, an, an amplifier on the edge of breakup. Like it really kind of, hits those notes and hits those functions uh i was pretty impressed with it if if it's not your flavor then you're not gonna like it yeah but if you dig its flavor at all you're gonna be stoked on it that's just how it goes it's a very specific sound it's a very specific use sort of thing it's not an all-in-one pedal like you know some other thing that's got a million knobs on it it's got four knobs volume gain low and high right Volume gain, bass and treble. Bass and yeah. treble, that's what I meant. Low and high, bass and treble, whatever. So it's really basic controls. It's really dialed in to some very specific sounds. You could go light drive on it, which is basically what I did. I I think I had it around uh, like 30% or something like that for the most part. Or you could use it as your crazy over-the-top lead tone if you want. Yeah. Like really push that gain and get some fuzzies out of it. Uh, I just think it's a really great pedal if that's the flavor that you're going for. Yeah, it. I liked it. How much are those pedals? One ninety nine. One ninety nine. So you know, it's you know, shop around if you want, or go buy one new. 
if you if you're looking for that flavor, then it's going to be a lot cheaper than getting the real thing. Well, it it is, and you know, it's one of those things and who where else, who else is making one of those right now? Right. You know, and, and who it's one else of those things where a, who else is making a silver tone in a box? Right. And even if you're just looking at it as an overdrive, like I I was kind of just thinking about this is like you you can go you can go get like an old green box tube screamer. Sure. Uh, you know, TS9 for like 80 bucks, whatever. That's fine. If, you know, you're worried about quality components, you can look at like the hand-wired tube screamer. And I think that thing's like 180 bucks. Yeah, that's crazy. So basically, like once you get into like that kind of territory, you're, you're 199, 199 at first. Like that, I was like, oh, for this guys, seems kind of expensive. For but guys it's like not. us that live in the used market, it's like, whoa, 199 that's a bunch of money. But then you take into consideration that Boss is trying to push their pedals above 150 these days. Yeah. Like their new stuff. And I think like, the Wazacraft stuff is all close to 150. Yeah. Which is like what, like Boss on steroids or Boss gone boutique. Right, right. So to say. Like there's not a lot of pedals that are sub 100 anymore. They're all kind of in yeah. the 120, 140 kind of range for the big commercial high numbers produce stuff ds1 man 40 bucks i know right if if the ds1 is ever over 50 dollars the universe is going to collapse <laughs> oh man <laughs> what steve everything's you really hard at that everything's funny to you tonight to me yeah i laugh at everything you know that but you've uh, you've had these like these your reaction was is what i was laughing at you've been like pausing like, I'm not the one who paused right there, man. No, I laughed, and then you just didn't react, and then you started laughing. <laughs> Do we need couples therapy over yes. this? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, the JHS Twin 12, let's wrap this up. Just, yeah. Just check it out. We will be making some videos soon, as soon as I get this back to Ryan. Yeah, you didn't uh, bring it today. So. No, rem- shoot me a message or something tomorrow, and I'll, I'll try to remember to bring it to oh, you. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not going to remember to remind you. You, oh, just, okay. you just bring it, okay? You do that. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> All right. I'll get it back to you soon, though. Okay. And we will get a video up on the YouTubes, and hopefully it yeah. will be better than some of our old videos. We're going to do a video of the uh, the Tremolo, too. We still haven't gotten around to that. Oh, yeah. So I'll give you both of those. Yeah, give me both of those. Uh, yeah, the audio is going to start getting better on our videos because I figured out the camera settings. Awesome. So no more of that uh, irritating compression that people complained about. Well, that two people complained about on YouTube. Well, I mean, but it's worth it's yeah, it's, it's worth doing. It's your, good. It's constructive criticism. It's worth doing it right, you know. All right, and we're going to start doing it right for twenty flip team. Oh my god! <laughs> let's let's hit these ads. Ads, ads, ads. Fender Swinger slash mu- Music Lander. What's the Music Lander? That is the model of the guitar. Was it called the Music Lander? Yeah, I am familiar with it being called the Swinger. No, that was another name for it. Weird. Yeah. It's a weird guitar. Um, This thing was... Who who posted this? It was posted today. Kyle Smith, maybe? Maybe. He's all into offsets. Yeah, he's the offset guy. The The thing that caught our eye with this is... Uh, oh, and that caught his eye is the insane routing job here. I'm telling you, man, this is how I would route it. I know that's how you would route it with a drill. <laughs> with a, a drill that's got like the giant like 
coring out bit on it with a drill with like the screw bit. Oh tip. no, I just use a standard uh, half inch bit for my for my bit kit. I feel like this model of Fender, which is actually a pretty rare model, like it's a freak show model of yeah, well, it's Fender. A, it's like a music master had sex with a bottle opener, right? What and it's supposed this to be what happened. What it's supposed to be is the body of a of a bass five, I think. Oh yeah, with, you know what you're right. With scrap necks from uh the Music Masters or Duosonics. Yeah, bass. They had the headstock mangled. Yeah. Um, you're right. Uh but what happened? Because this has like that pointy Starcaster headstock, right? Yeah. And by Starcaster I mean the modern reissue Right, right. Strat strap it's thing. got an arrow shape yes an arrowhead shape but i feel like with this model guitar most of the times i see examples of it on ebay or the used market anywhere it's been horribly mangled it was in that weird spot of guitar history where you were transitioning from classic 60s instruments to like 70s shredder guitars right. like 70s high uh, high performance type guitars where people also didn't wanted crazy bridges or crazy pickups and stuff like yeah. that. Um, this looks like someone attacked it with a drill to outfit a humbucker into it at some point. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The route isn't visible with the pick guard on there, but it's definitely visible without the pick guard on there. Yeah, they're it's asking $2,800. Oh, geez, Louise. I don't know. I, I haven't kept up on the values of these. I know that they're rare. They were only produced for like a year or two, I think. Yeah. And then the necks were like, like I said, they were scrap necks that were actually from the 60s, like the late 60s. I heard they reused them in the early 2000s with the Starcaster line. <laughs> There's no way those are the same necks. Um, they're probably really great players, but they're so funky looking. Um, I forget the year that these existed. I want to say it was like 73 or something like that. This says 1969. 69? Well, it was, this whole, it was this whole transition from classic kind of music, classic rock kind of oldies sort of stuff into a more psychedelic, you know, your Grateful Dead, Woodstocky type yeah. stuff. And Fender was making a desperate attempt to try to keep up, I think. They were so desperate. So that... They did this really bizarre body shape that was a cut up of a different guitar body that they had laying around and a different neck they had laying around. So they were trying to hit like this whole like Grateful Dead aesthetic. I think like your freaked out psychedelic rock poster right. kind of look. Right. And they failed. They super failed. I don't think anyone wanted these guitars when they came out, which is why they only ran for a year. And they don't want them now. They kind of don't. I mean, people who are collectors of of weird fenders are into these, but they're not into them for playing them. They're into them for having them. just having them because yeah. they were only produced for a year. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if that price is right. It's just sad to see a guitar mangled so poorly. Well, it's something where I, like I look at that and I wonder, like, did how long ago did that happen? Yeah. It I'm, does look kind of fresh. It does. And I guess is, there's not really... Uh, you know what? I, my gut says there's not really any way you can tell, but the, when I think about it, like, over time, 
over enough time, you'd think like exposed wood would develop some kind of like, like whatever pat- the wood. Like a patina. Yeah, whatever the wood equivalent to a patina is. Or like oxidation or something like yeah. that. I don't know. You might be surprised. It could have been done. I mean, it, these guitars were basically worthless in the 80s. It could have been done in the 80s. Some kid was trying to pop a humbucker in there for his punk band. Yeah. You know. He failed. He failed. If it was done in the 90s, these things already had value then. uh, And that would have been a tragedy if that was done in the 90s. But I understand it in the 80s. Because these guitars weren't really worth anything then. We're taking a moment of silence for this no, I ruined was, guitar. I was thinking about something else. Sorry. <laughs> thinking something uh, not podcast related? I was not thinking out loud. Okay. <laughs> Steve, are you all right? Is the I was making a pop culture reference with that one. Oh. Half the half of our listeners just started laughing slash half of our listeners started laughing and the other half of our listeners were like, I can't believe Steve just made a reference to that. Okay. I don't even want to know, That's do I? That's okay. The other, the third half was like, what? All right, let's do that no brand. The no brand. Who sent this to us? Somebody. <laughs> um, ben Caffrey. Ben Caffrey, who is in the UK. In the in the United Kingdom. Yeah. I'm, I'm so who, glad that the kingdom is united. Now, this is what I'm wondering, Brian Caffrey from the UK. If that is your real name. Which of the United Kingdom do you hail from? Like... England, Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland. Uh, is that all of them? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Isle I'm of, super European ignorant. Isle of Man? Isle of Man? The the Faroe Islands? Um, <laughs> Keep going. What's man. the one that they had the war over by Argentina? <laughs> uh, the Aucklands? The, the, the Aucklands. Is I don't know. One? I don't know. Is Australia part of the UK? I think it was. Or are they just a commonwealth? I don't know. I think they're a commonwealth. I don't know. What is this, a geography podcast? Okay, this guitar, no brand, component SSH, ST model, sparkle, all parts, neck. Now Tom you're, Anderson let's get to the good stuff. Pickups. They want uh, $1,137. Get to the good stuff. Hello. Steve is getting to the good stuff. I am a Japanese seller. I can provide you the best service. Please feel free to contact me if you have any questions or comments. Worldwide shipping details. It is a component of the guitar Tom Anderson pickups Fender license neck. Fender license reverse headstock of which are sold at All Parts USA. Uh, Vin to 7.5 inches fingerboard. Of cottage style, no brand of the ash body with a sense of weight. Pickup of Tom Anderson in front SA1 center is probably Tom Anderson SN1. Bay corroborated, bime, there is no sticker, etc. In writing down, only does not have. And Tom Anderson to rear H, component formic. You have mounted on pit guard of... 2 Plus and James Tyler Studio Elite is tur. Is tur indeed. Tight sound, even better compatibility with Efeku and clear. Soil flashy lame body and large head <laughs> that no mistake that stand out live. It is allowed to active in the stage, hit the spotlight. 
This is the guitar you want to receive. For seven and a quarter inches, are a vintage style, jam sound and choking of high fret, if the jewels. If the jewels indeed. If you are worried to buy a Japanese item from outside Japan, please choose me. <laughs> what? what I don't get on? it. What's the joke here? What is going on? I don't understand why this is funny. I mean, this is the guitar you want to receive, right? It is. This is some this is some first class top shelf broken English. Oh my gosh. And I don't I'm not I don't want to make fun of someone just because of broken English, but this is hilarious. This is the t- one of the It just t- reads really weird. This is one of the tough things with, you know, it, you know, it doesn't read like tr- someone who's having trouble ro- speaking English as a second second language. It reads as someone who just used a auto translator. Yeah, exactly. It's like they Google translated and then maybe they Google translated and then they tried to like type it in by hand and then their phone auto-corrected a bunch of words right. at random. But because they don't speak English, they just went with whatever autocorrect said. Right, totally. Because they don't know. There's a bunch. There's a bunch of Japanese sellers and people uh, in non-English speaking countries on Reverb, and I always feel kind of sketched out by it. It's. It's kind of. I mean, there. Because like, what what happens if they don't send it? Well, if you're buying from Reverb, you still have recourse through Reverb to get your money back. Yeah. I don't know. It just it seems like it would really complicate the situation. If I mean, what happens if you buy a guitar from me and I don't send it? Yeah. But then I feel like the line of communication, like it would be easier to figure out what's going on. Right. Yeah. It just it just seems like the headaches would be a lot, you know, greater dealing with a with a a uh, a buyer or a seller who's in a country where they don't speak the same language sure or that per- that that individual seller doesn't speak the same language like the language barrier is problematic to me does that make sense yeah and i just had an awful joke so i uh, won't say it i'm glad you're not saying it steve don't worry it wasn't racist are we exhausted from recording the episode is that what's going on? I'm still trying to recover from that episode from a week ago. <laughs> that was a full week ago that we recorded that. And uh, this joke is so old. Everyone knows we record two episodes in one night, Steve. I'm the one who usually makes that awful joke. Um, I think Steve is exhausted from the episode. Today was a, today was a really long day, dude. I, I started work at 8 in the morning. Uh huh. I worked from 8 to 10. I went to a two and a half hour job interview. Um, and then I went back to work for another, uh, like four hours, Sheesh. three and a half hours, something like that. So I, I put in a full days of work with the interview smashed in, in between in the middle of the day, kind of a flex shift sort of thing. So I'm just, yeah, I'm a little tired. Yeah. It seems like you kind of hit your wall. It's all right. I'm yeah. still here. I still got it. I'm the issue that I'm having right now is that I'm having these jokes pop into my head and then <laughs> I have just enough fortitude to say, wait a second, we have a lot of listeners that that joke might offend. I probably shouldn't tell it. <laughs> so what do we think about this guitar as it is? Like, I think it's overpriced. Des- description aside, yeah, it is overpriced. 
It looks cool, though. The components are solid. I mean, yeah. uh, all parts neck, Tom Anderson pickups. The fact that, like, oh, body, I don't know. Like, that I don't. That doesn't sit well with me. Well, it's, it's silver sparkle. It looks beautiful. Yeah, uh, the, the paint job looks great. I really like the pick guard. The pick guard is different. I'm on the fence. I, I tried to form an opinion, and I just, I don't know. It reminds me too much of, like, the James Tyler pick guard, and I've never been a fan of the James Tyler pick guard. Huh. Um, so, that's kind of a, I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, the components all look good. I don't think they look $1,200 good. No. I think this guitar is, I'm going to say, uh, 650 at best. Is okay. My, is my guess. Like, I'm just pulling that number out of my instincts, you know? Yeah. Well, I don't have any other way of backing it up. It's one of these things where... I think because this store is in Japan, you think like, oh, it's from Japan. Like there's Japanese level quality maybe built into it. But the reality is, is if some schlub listed this on San Diego Craigslist. Right. Even for $700 or what, six, do you say 600 700 Yeah, 650 650 I think I would be like, dude, Ryan, look at this idiot. Right, right. Because I'd be like, Tom Anderson pickups. Uh, I don't know. 200 bucks. All parts neck, 120 bucks. So that's a uh, 320 bucks. Like you're telling me your body's worth 300 dollars. Well, silver sparkle, Steve. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's it's pretty high. If I, I mean, wanted, all, a, oh, if I parts... wanted a silver sparkle guitar, I would just pay you to make it for me, <laughs> and you would be very disappointed with the results. <laughs> I'd make you wet sand it, dude. That gold orange yeah. thing looks beautiful. It looks good now. It looks awful for a long time, but now it looks a lot better. Uh, still, though, it could be, I it still could have been a lot better. Right, right, you know, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, this this thing is just too expensive. It's coming. It's it, you're buying it from someone who doesn't speak the same language as you, unless you speak Japanese. Um, not worth it. Not worth worth the risk at all. All right, let's hit this last one. We got one last ad. This is ad is titled Asus. It, no, it's not, Steve. It's titled As Is. But it's one word. Okay, so the picture for this ad is listed at $20 on Reverb, $12 shipping, so $32 I don't think altogether. you should talk about the picture yet. Okay, I won't talk about the picture. You should read the story. I'll read the story. Are you ready for a story, Steve? Yes. Say, uh, tell me a story, Ryan. Tell me a story, Ryan. Okay, I'll got, tell you a story. I got a pillow. You are, it does seem like you're ready for bed. And this is a bedtime story. Once upon a time, there was a boy. <laughs> he. <laughs> Let me get this oriented on my phone right. Okay. It's vertical. It, it looks better on horizontal for me, though. Once upon a time, there was a boy. He ventured far and wide across the land, searching surplus stores and thrift store jungles for the one. The boy had been searching for years, but alas, the one eluded him. Siren song led to plain Jane Japanese knockoffs. Sure thing flea markets led to basic bitch and broken symbols. The boy grew weary. The boy lost his hunger. The boy had almost even lost his hope. Until he found as is. Sitting for lonely... In a toy rack at St. Vincent de Paul, 
as this was beautiful, a first act guitar with a silly little SpongeBob sticker, a smudge on the cheek, and two little old strings. The boy was instantly smitten. The boy hurried, Ace, the boy hurried as this home, cut a bunch of holes in the soundboard, loaded in a handful of parts from the junk drawer, and behold, he had crafted a first-rate noise guitar for all sorts of horrible screeching sounds. But his passion is wont to do, the boy, the boy grew tired of the one. He spent less and less time with Aziz, found less and less inspiration. Slowly, yes, but surely, Aziz in turn grew bitter, despondent, and cold, forever betrayed by the boy who had once promised so much. Tensions came to a head during one November recording session. The boy became enraged at Aziz's back talk and threw the guitar, causing a serious break in it in its frail, hot glue constructed body. This was the end of the affair. The boy could do nothing more with the broken, battered guitar, and so abandoned it, abandoned it in the corner of the practice space. Then a ghost came and made a video of himself breaking it. Check it out. P.S. Nothing much to speak of parts-wise. The humbucker is stamped to Marzio, but I think it's a fake. The single coil is out of an Excel strat. The stomp switches both have cracked cases. So there was a video. I don't know if this is still up on Reverb, but this beautiful story was included with it. Uh, there was a video of a ghost apparently breaking this guitar to bits. The photo is of a cardboard box that is full of little bits of this guitar. Like it is just broken to pieces. And you can buy this magical box of guitar pieces for $32. I really actually thought about picking it, this up. <laughs> just on the over-under chance that the DiMarzio might be real? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's like a DiMarzio, there's like a couple pots, a jack. Yeah. Uh, there was like, oh, that, that Strat single coil pickup, the Excel. Uh-huh. Uh, I maybe would have tried to talk him down to like $20 Even. No, no shipping. Yeah. Well, he, how's he going to ship it to you then? <laughs> Basically, I'm trying to get this for eight bucks. I know, I'm joking. I'm saying. Um, <laughs> and just whatever. Like, if it's all garbage, if it's a fake DiMarzio... I got a humbucker that I'm never going to use, but it's in my box. Hooray! Right, right. Well, if it shows up, you don't have to try to figure out if it's actually fake. Just sell it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I, actually, I mean, you, as much as I try to verify everything, like... Right. You know... We're honest, guys. Uh, With something like that, like, sometimes things can't be verified and, sure. and it happens. Uh, I think I would try my best to verify and... I think I would sell it as it's stamped DiMarzio, but I can't find. I don't know what model it is. Or right, whatever, right, totally. You know, um, but I don't know. Like, there's definitely. I love the fact that this guy came up with this long story. Yeah. Uh, he, he really does, documented his love affair with this cheap, cheap, cheap guitar that he modified. Yeah. I literally I did not put it together as it being as is. Uh-huh. You thought that you thought the brand was Asus. Asus. I thought it was like he had named his guitar Asus for some reason. Uh-huh. No, it's as is. None of it made sense and then now I came That's over. the part that didn't make sense to you. And as soon as you figured that out, then it all made sense. Every, well, I mean everything else about the ad I was like, okay, this guy had a bunch of parts. He smashed a guitar. And now he's selling it on reverb. This is all stupid, but it's hilarious. Uh huh. 
the as is thing, I just, I never put it together. Okay. It's, it's written as one word, so I read it as one word. All right. Hey, man. Hey. That's cool. How's it going? So, should we move on to the topic? Uh, is it topic time? It's topic time. I'm thinking about grabbing a sausage. <laughs> what? You made sausages earlier. <laughs> I'm hungry. Okay. Steve, you go grab a sausage. When you get back, we'll talk about the topic. Oh, we can talk about the topic now. No, we'll wait till you grab a sausage. Oh, fine. Sausage. Okay, Steve, sausage. Steve got his sausage. I went to the bathroom. We're back to talk about this topic. Jimmy W. Smith sent us this topic. Jimmy Jr. Uh, you want to read it? With sausage in your mouth? Oh, gross. Over no, the, no, no, no. Over no, no. the past few weeks. I'm going re- to read it. That's gross. Oh, it's this new chewing thing you do. When we're recording, Steve, it's incredible. I was off the mic, and then you're, I took a bite off the mic, and you're like, hey, do you want to read this? Okay, I, I'm like, dude, I got, a, I got a huge sausage in my mouth. Yeah, you do. It's all my fault. Okay, here we go. Over the past few weeks, I've ended up listening to a lot of old episodes while I'm stuck traveling. Why? Is he re-listening to old episodes? Yeah, what else is he going to listen to? That's true. Yeah. We are the best podcast on the internet. Yeah, even better than Marin. Um, I've ended up listening to a lot of old episodes while I'm stuck traveling and I've become aware of some shifts in the way you two talk talk slash talk about slash approach gear I'd love to hear from each of you if or how you feel that your views on music and gear have changed over the last year and a half of podcast fame from trying our reverb.com to getting into some more high-end pedals, etc., do you still hold the same outlooks, or have you sold out now that you've got some fancy corporate sponsorships? Just kidding. And then he put a picture of uh, of of Garth from Wayne's World, and it says, "It's like people only do things because they get paid, and that's just really sad." <laughs> that's one of my favorite scenes in Wayne's World. Uh-huh. It's when they go through this whole like minute long it's like a montage of product placement yeah of where like you know uh wayne is like something something and he's holding like a bag of doritos and it goes to garth and he's like doing something else and then like it goes back to wayne and he's like drinking a pepsi right right and it goes back to garth and he's like decked out in reebok gear yeah yeah remember when reebok was so a basically thing? jimmy jr is putting us on blast and like are you guys on sellouts or not what's going we on we are sellouts we have completely sold out uh we and made- actually that's not true because when you're only in it for the money you cannot yeah, sell out this is what this was the original intention for us to make <laughs> so much money get so much gear just be so famous i mean we've gone from having zero listeners to like what we estimate like close to 2000 somewhere in that neighborhood we've got all these lawyers ready for when guitar companies start selling us or sending us lawyers with retainers yeah when they're 12 year olds (laughs) (laughs) when guitar companies start sending us guitars Uh uh-huh and they're like, wait, you said that you were going to ship it ship it back. We're going to be like, I don't see no contract. Yeah, where's our contract? Yeah, and then we're going to sell it on eBay. <laughs> and that's how we're going to make our thousands. <laughs> we're going to make so many thousands. We're going to quit our jobs. 
We're gonna be now. Pretty soon, we're gonna be podcasting from private yachts, like separate yachts. For 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 what is for so for real? Um, <laughs> real talk. Uh, well, Steve, do you feel like your your overall view of gear has changed since we started doing the podcast? Sure. I mean, I think in some ways it has. I think, I think my our central mantra of you know, play the best gear that you can afford. Play the best, play the stuff that works for you. Play I don't, the stuff that's appropriate for what you're doing. Yeah, I don't think that's changed. No. You know, um, I'm looking at it right now. I'm going to talk about this. Uh, maybe we won't go in depth until a later episode. I'm standing, I'm sitting, you know, less than 10 feet away from a squire stratocaster that i paid 200 dollars for yeah happens to be made in japan 30 years ago it's it's one of the nicer squires out there yeah it's it's did i say squire yeah if i didn't say squire i meant squire it's a squire it's an e-series so it's made 1984 to 1987 i mean this is the core of our interest is this kind of guitar this is the kind of guitar that with a proper setup it will blow away any non-American Stratocaster on the market. Oh, the sure. Pick, the pickups maybe a weak point, but as far as playability, you know, some of those Japanese pickups are great. Though. Some of them are they're really neat. I'm not. I have. I'm played with this one a little bit. I think it sounds great. And shoot, but you know, that's for pickups are so interchangeable. But my main point is that as far as playability, as far as build quality, I would put this guitar all right. It's this guitar I paid $200 for, that's uh-huh. a Squire. I would put that up against any guitar, any Stratocaster made by Fender sure. today, up through like the American Standard Line. And that's just not blowing smoke. Everyone's got their taste. I know a lot of guys say like, oh, my Mexican plays better than an American, and guys do their own setups and everything. Uh-huh. But this was the quality that existed at that time from fender japan yeah and this squire japan were were being made in that fuji gen factory the same thing so um so from that perspective i would say no but what i will say is that part of doing a podcast where we talk so much about how dumb boutique gear is (laughs) um in some ways uh, I don't think we ever said it was dumb, d- but I think I think starting out, we were both coming from a completely different place of influence, not influence, but like of interest where, you know, spending a couple hundred dollars on a pedal just wasn't in our interest and still really isn't. Right. But that's not us. Uh, but we've had the opportunity to be to spend time with these things and just and kind of look at the industry from a different perspective yeah and and i think um up to the point where we went to nam and kind of got to meet with some of these guys Uh and put a face to the company i think for me that was the moment when a lot of that kind of changed when you got to hear kind of the heart sure and you realize that like well you got to, you got to see just how different you know the 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 people who run the the small boutique booths were versus the big guys you know right there's actual people there but you know at its core like my pedal board hasn't really changed i've got the afterneath on it uh-huh but 
and I've got right now I've got like the Afterneath, the Twin Twelve, and the Honeycomb Deluxe. Right. I'll be giving two of those back to you to make videos. Uh huh. The core of my sound hasn't changed. Right. I've still got like a custom uh, Defender Fifteen at home that I'm perfectly happy with. I've still got. Uh, you know, Squire and Fender guitars at home that I'm happy with. Yeah. But what I'm excited more, mostly about or largely about for me with this podcast and what it's allowed us to do is to get the experience of looking at some of the nicer things and being able to say like, hey, like I get what people are into about these things. Uh Uh-huh. I've got a Klon at home that still isn't on my board because I'm afraid to put Velcro on it. <laughs> well, you bought that thing to flip it. Yeah, and I'm playing the long game because Humbucker Music just got a bunch of units in like yeah. three weeks ago. You might have you might have gotten in at the way wrongest time. Yeah. So uh, I think you, you might want to think about flipping it when you can break I, even. Yeah. And starting to wonder if I should just eat uh, like a twenty dollar loss and move yeah, on. Yeah, you might need to. And then get a Matthews uh, Matthews FX Architect. Hey, one of those J Rockets Archers was on Reverb the other day for like one forty. Those those things are supposed to be killer. Aren't they clones. only like one eighty new though? Yeah. But, hey man, forty bucks off. Here we are talking about clones. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's if you know, I I we demoed the the KTR against the Soul Food. I thought they were great. I'm still not going to buy one. It's still not. Yeah, it's know, still not my flavor. And you know, the thing that actually we talk about all this stuff, and I'm I'm actually in the middle of working out a deal to to get a um, Earthquaker Devices organizer, which I'm, uh-huh. I'm hoping to make that work. Uh, if I can make that deal happen, that's awesome. If not, it's not a big deal. But actually, the thing that's in the back of my mind right now is um, I've been reading different things about the uh, the C9 mod on the Boss SD1. Oh, and yeah. So that's like what I want to do right now is get an SD1, uh-huh. throw a three-way switch in it uh, where you can have it either stock or with the uh, C9 uh, capacitor removed just to kind of have like the multifunction super overdrive. I've never owned a super overdrive. Uh-huh. Uh, so, you know, I'm still into that. We are take st- the crappiest stuff and make it sound awesome. Well, we still like all the same stuff that we used to like. The addition now is the what's changed is that we now get the opportunity to play around with stuff that we weren't looking at before. Yeah. Um, I never would have been in the place to play around with, you know, like a Earthquaker Devices Palisades. I I never would have dropped the kind of money even on the used market that it would take to get one of those. But now I've got one. And I have a lot of fun with it, and I can see from using it the benefit of it. And if I had to send it back to Earthquaker Devices tomorrow, I would be looking on Reverb for the best deal I could get on one. Sure, uh, because it's I just I found the value in it. You know, I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff on my board that people would look at and be like, "Oh, that's boutique." Here's what you need to do with the Palisades. No, the, it, no, no. If you had okay. to, if you had to send it back, measure what your settings are right now on the two different like for uh-huh. channel a channel b measure those and then buy 
two Ibanez TS9s and mod them to oh those specs. Oh my gosh. The thing is that I change that thing every day. Oh, okay. Every mind. day I'm playing a new setting on that. I could not replace that pedal with 15 tube screamers. Well, you would need 480. I know. Uh, but you know, I've got stuff on my board that people would look at and be like, oh, that's pretty boutique compared to what you used to have when you started this show. But so much of what our show about is about is flipping and getting good deals. And it's like that the Fez pedal, I paid, uh, I think I paid 120 for that. And that's like a $200 pedal new. Right. Uh, the, the dirt transmitter, I paid 90 for that, I think, or a hundred even. And that thing is a lot more new. Uh, a lot of this stuff, I just bought a Digitech pedal. Yeah. I just Did bought you take the Polara? The Polara. I don't know if I'm going to keep it yet. I need to do a review of it against my other reverbs. But I just bought a Digitech. I just bought a freaking Slam Punk sound tank <laughs> pedal for 20 bucks the other day. Wait, that wasn't ironic? No, I was genuinely curious. Uh, I had it on my board for about three days, and it hasn't made it back on there since then. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the biggest thing... I mean, I bought a $75 Squire two, oh, month, yeah. two months ago, and I've been playing with it a lot. I actually really love that thing. Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing that's changed for both of us um, is... Being able to be a little more open, sure, to the idea of like, oh, here's this, oh, you're gonna get like a JHS Moonshine, like that's cool. They're a cool company, like go for right. it. Whereas before, I, I definitely think a little more. Of my perspective was like, I think we were a little bit more judgmental. That. Sure, we're less judgmental now. I think maybe we have a better perspective that there are people who are in price ranges that just aren't us yeah and we can understand why they would spend that kind of money i mean i'm still probably never gonna spend more than i don't think i've ever spent more than 150 bucks on a pedal i don't think i ever will you know i actually i think i paid 160 for the topanga how dare you i know and that was like gut-wrenching like how can i be doing this right now right um but we're still just we're bargain hunters man that's always going to be our core when we're shopping. There's stuff that we've been very fortunate to be either lended or given to do demos of and to do reviews of. And we do our very best to be honest about those things. Yeah. on What we actually think about the pedals or the gear or whatever. Uh, but it's definitely been a change in our lives that we have access to a lot of the boutique world now. And I mean, let's be honest. Like I don't, I don't think a point is going to come where somebody says, this is, this is brass tacks for me. Sure. Uh, to, to use that phrase, where does that come from anyway? Well, there used to be a big tax on brass. So when someone said, let's get down to the brass tax, I thought they were talking about push pins. I have no idea. I don't know where that comes from. Yeah, me either. Um, but we say, I say it sometimes. Anyway, the point is if, when someone comes on the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group, sexy success, cycle home. <laughs> Some uh, of those were words. <laughs> uh, or send us an email, sexy cycle at gmail.com. 
Or replies to me on Twitter, twitter.com, or at 60SecondHome on Twitter or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> or leaves a comment on Instagram. Or leaves a comment on Instagram. And it says like, hey, man, uh, I'm starting to put up a pedal board. Like, what were your first four pedals? Like, I'm not ashamed of the fact that I started with Dan Electro food pedals. Absolutely So not. that's point one. Point two, people say like, Oh, if you only had if from all of the pedals that you've ever owned, if you had to like break that down to like three pedals, okay, maybe that's a bad example because maybe some of the newer stuff I would want. Uh-huh. But if somebody said like, "Hey, man, I'm a, I've got two hundred dollars. Like, what pedals would you buy for two hundred dollars?" Boss DD five, sure. DS one and get the stuff to mod it. Yeah, learn to mod it. You're at. Right there, you're at maybe 130 bucks. You got 70 bucks left. I don't know what I would do with the other 70 bucks, but my point is like... In full confidence, I would tell someone to get the Blues Driver over the DS1. Okay. And mod it? Or just leave no, it? No, stock. stock. I think they're great stock. Just stock. And that's... My, my point is that like I have seen on the interwebs where people are like, "What? oh, I need, a, I need an overdrive. What overdrive should I get? And everyone and their mom's like... Oh, get the JHS this, get the Walrus that. Yeah, they get, start with the high end stuff. The claw, get the clog, and I'm just my take is like, well, what have you played, man? Like, yeah, and maybe the answer for you is like, you know what? The upside to to going like straight away to the high end stuff is like, if you know you drop a hundred, two hundred and fifty bucks on a Palisades, you're and you love it, you're done. It's yeah. not for everyone. There are definitely like a lot of people that we have talked to since getting it that are like, yeah, I tried all 480 settings. And they just couldn't get into it. And I'm still not a Tube Screamer guy. Yeah. And that's fine. Like Totally. You know, find what works for you. And I would say like the Palisades is a pedal. You, you described it originally as like Palisades is a the pedal for people who like aren't are on the fence about tube screamers it's for people who need a tube screamer but hate all their tube screamers right you know right. it's it's that kind of it's that gain structure but you can just you can tweak it every day until you find the thing you're happy with. yeah and you know? i would just say like there's nothing wrong with not having a tube screamer absolutely if that's not what you're going for if you have a vox style amp the Palisades is 480 settings that you can't use yeah. because you have a mid-heavy amp already. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, I say that generically. Like, obviously, sure, there's sure. people using that. Um, but my my point is, is that, like, again, like, the core of my sound, I've got a couple, like, hand-built overdrives or hand-populated overdrives or PCB-based I got from, uh-huh. from a, a local guy there, the SBN pedals stuff. And I love those pedals. I've got a couple yeah. pedals that were built based on Mad Beans boards. And I love those pedals. And they're all like, I paid, actually, I didn't, one of them I paid less than $75 for. Uh, the other one, I think I traded some stuff for it. You know, I, I figured out ways to make it work. And that's the kind of thought process that I still definitely have. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and and the other day, I I posted those Instagram pictures of my three strats, and someone on Instagram was like, "Hey, I'm in the market for a strat. It can be used. What would you recommend?" And just right away, I was like, "Get a used MIM as close to two hundred dollars as you can, 
and then swap out the components you don't like. Oh, no, dude. American Deluxe or Bust. Oh, Stratocaster? <laughs> yeah, Strat. Did you say Strat? Yeah. TMG Dover. Done. <laughs> Uh, oh, if you're not playing a, if you're not playing a, sir, you we can't be friends. Right, right. Oh, sir, player on on iTunes says that we don't know our stuff. That's because we don't. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, we're you know if if someone came to us and said, oh, recommend a a th- you know a two thousand dollar and up Telecaster style guitar, then go home. You're drunk. Well, we're in a place now where we have experience and have talked to people and have experience with guitars at NAM and other people's guitars where we could give an actual opinion on that. Right. A year and a half ago when we started the podcast, both of us would be like, oh, I don't know. Well, and the other thing is like, is also being able to, to say like, you know, there are people who they've tried, you know, the blues driver and the SD one. Sure. And, the tube screamer and whatever, and they just still haven't found that thing. Yeah. And so, you know, we've had a, a little more experience on, on, you know, going through all that. Um, but I, you know, I think, so we did the episode last week and honestly, like part of that was because, you know, we've recognized that in the last like three or four months, there has been this transition and, in certain episodes to where like there is a little more high-end talk yeah and, and we have advertisers now yeah uh and the all our advertisers come out of that world because let's face it fender and gibson and roland are not going to come to us yeah they yeah. they aren't interested in our almost two thousand listeners no. they they are interested in markets where they're advertising to to a million people you know? yeah there's it's the guys that that are building, you know, a hundred guitars a year. Uh, it's the the companies that are selling. They're making two pedals a day. Yeah, they're or you know, there's even they're maybe they're making more than two pedals a day, but they're selling those pedals right through guys like Cosonic. Uh-huh. Or you know, maybe they just got into Guitar Center or whatever. Like th- those are the guys that are going to benefit from from us and and kind of from the fact that we're. If they send us something, we're going to take the time to be hands-on yeah. and produce something that, that hopefully, you know, you guys can, will appreciate and enjoy and, and you know, at least don't trust us. Let's be honest. Like uh, we're, a, we're a bunch of liars. No, 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 I don't mean like that, but I mean like <laughs> we're, we're just another voice. Yeah. You know, listen to your, you listen to your own instincts. And one of the things that, that. And I think this really ties in. I mean, half the stuff, it, we just make it up anyways. Is one of the things that's hard for me. In, I've been browsing gear forums for like a, over a decade. Oh, yeah. And uh, I, mean, I could easily say, I'd, we. I mean, we're born of the internet as far as guitar goes. Yeah. I was looking at internet forums probably the day I started learning to play guitar. Sure. And that sure. was that was mid-90s, early web stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, I, I started up the modem with a oh, gasoline man. cord. Oh, man. I got 33.6 today. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mom. Don't make a phone call. Mom, I'm on the internet. Mom, hang up. Do you remember when you would hear like your mom talking through the modem because she was trying to make a call? No, but I remember picking up the phone and my dad would like my dad would be on the internet and I'd pick up the phone. Yeah. Because I'd need to like call somebody about homework. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, anyways. Uh, 
the the whole point being like, you know, we're just another voice. We're trying to, we're hoping ultimately that we can uh, be a little more um, elaborate in what we're saying and be a little more descriptive and maybe give you guys a better idea. And maybe if you identify with us, it makes us a little more functional for you. Because I know a lot of times when some of these guys that make gear videos, they make great gear videos, uh-huh. but... but you Andy know, from Pro Guitar Shop Demos isn't giving you his honest opinion. And, and even if he is, at the end of the day, you know, Andy, I don't know about Andy, but some of these guys. Right, he's, you know, he's doing a run-through of the product, and he's reading the description of it. Sure. He's not telling you whether or not he likes it, but that's something that we'll do. Right. And, and I think also, I, and I don't know, I don't watch a lot of Pro Guitar Shop stuff, but some of these videos where they're guys who are, like, really doing it, doing stuff, um... And are you know? I've got my uh, my my R eight Gibson Les Paul running through this pedal into my Jackson Ampworks or whatever. Uh-huh. You know, they've got a three four thousand dollar guitar running into a two thousand dollar amp with a with a hundred and fifty dollar dirt box in between it. That's awesome for those guys, and that yeah. is that maybe they're getting the optimum tone from that pedal but that's not necessarily the tone that everyone's going to get sure. you know the bulk of the guitar playing world is still playing you know mexican strats the bulk of the guitar playing world is uh, is still playing epiphone sure and they're uh, you know they're they probably have a fender or a pv or a uh, marshall branded amplifier you know, they yeah. have they have something more pedestrian than Great. you know your Doctor Z or your Dumble or something. Yeah, and like if that. you have, oh yeah, we, I'm <laughs> sure I'm sure we have at least like three listeners that own a Dumble. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, um, that's that's something that's been interesting. But it, I mean, it's def- I think we still represent. What you're trying to say is, I think that we still represent the everyman. I th- I know I make an effort to try to keep it that way. Yeah, and I try to just just to give a a a really great example because it was recent when we did episode sixty five, the TMG episode. Like I really went back and forth a lot, and that was actually that episode was delayed about a month just because it took uh-huh. that long to get our schedules all lined up, um, to record it. But that was an episode where. On the one hand, it was like, this is a really great opportunity. Uh-huh. On the other hand, it was something where it's like, we are getting so far over our heads. Right. In terms of, of not that we would never have an opportunity to play one. I mean, we'd seen them at at NAM. We played Duesenberg's at NAM. Sure. We played other like very high-end instruments here and there. I can go to freaking... And any mo- most of you guys uh, can go to your local guitar store and pick up a, you know, a three thousand dollar Taylor or Martin or Gibson uh-huh. uh, acoustic or Gibson electric or whatever. Like you can try the big brands at your local store, and and that's great. But so much of our mindset um, for where we are as players and what we personally think is worth investing in our craft. Um, out of our own pockets that doing the TMG episode was kind of like, we can do this, but it's just a world that we don't quite wrap our brains around. Yeah, we're kind of outsiders. And sometimes, you know, when we talk 
we I talked about personal connection earlier and with the pedals and like kind of like meeting the guys at JHS and Earthquaker and and you know Robert Keeley and uh-huh. all, uh Brad over at Mojohan and all of these different people like that was really cool and, and kind of got a glimpse into what they're saying and that's when you hear us talk about guys like Doug Cower and Paul Roney and, and their companies um and some of those like hand, kind of like one and two man operations or you know we always go out to Dan's shop at Salvage uh-huh. and we've known Dan for a long time but our endorsement of those companies isn't based on the fact that I can't tell the difference between a properly made, like a well-tuned $300 guitar and a $3,000 guitar, $3, guitar. I can't tell the difference. Oh, you, you don't think you can? Maybe I can. I don't know. I feel like I can I can detect the, the, there, the value. There are things that I notice are different, but I don't necessarily think... I What I think you, maybe you're trying to say is that where you're playing is at is that there's not a necessity for sure that that increase in difference there are things where i can maybe i can feel the qual if i do feel the quality difference it's not enough where i feel like i can take advantage of it right totally um and the reason that we talk about some of these luthiers the reason that we are excited to like work with it gets you know we were sponsored by nystrom for two episodes Uh uh-huh and the reason that we were excited about that wasn't because it's like, oh, Nice Room Guitars makes the best guitars ever. I personally, I can't. That's not something that I can feel. I mean, neither person. of us have played as guitars but, yet. But it's because it's something where working with the individuals uh-huh. uh, is something that's really cool. Sure. And that's not to put down any of those people. And if you have that ability, that's awesome. I don't think most people. I think most people are fooling themselves when they say they can tell the difference between, uh, you know, a mid level, a mid range guitar and a high range guitar. I think they're talking more about personal style choices. I think there's details but, that people get wrapped in up in that they care a lot about. Sure, that necess- aren't necessarily important. Um, we're going a little long on this, so I think we should wrap it up. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I'm just ranting now. Yeah. Uh, don't worry, Jimmy Jr. We're st- it's still Ryan and Steve here. We're still your best bud. I only had three beers tonight. We're not going to steer you wrong on on this stuff. You know, we're not going to... We're not trying to manipulate anyone. Yeah, only one of us will sell out at a time. <laughs> we're really not making any money really on the ads either. Like, it's really minimal. We're if, The money that we're making... We're making less than minimum wage over here, <laughs> uh, easily. Like we're making less than 1990s minimum wage. Well, and part of the goal with that, with setting that up, was to be able to like look at our local Craigslist and be like, all right, we got like, you know, eighty dollars in the the podcast fund. What's something stupid that we can buy <laughs> to mess around? Yeah, I say stupid. Like I, you know, honestly, I've been a little loose with words this podcast, and when I say things like stupid, what I really mean is like, what's something that we think is neat, but we would never use in a live situation, but we would love to actually just try sure. out. Sure. You know, things that we want to try out, or maybe we want to invest in some nicer microphones for ourselves. Yeah. Or, you know, pay for, you know, our day going to NAM or something like or, that. Or, you know, maybe in a few months when we actually have to pay for our own podcast hosting. <laughs> Thanks, Jimmy Jr. Thanks, Jimmy Jr. For hosting us. Uh-huh. Uh, it's been a, It's been a huge deal, actually. Yeah. 
uh, he's he's been flipping the bill on our podcast hopes hosting. So he's basically our our number one guy. Yeah, it's our benefactor. Sorry, Phil. <laughs> when this episode airs, Jimmy Jr.'s gonna have a target on the back of his head. <laughs> Phil's just gonna just gonna be hunting him in the night. <laughs> All right, um, but but I you know this was a great question, and this is something that we haven't really done is take a step back and kind of right. look but at where, what we've done in the last it is almost something year and a half that I've personally been thinking about a lot just trying to make sure that we are keeping it real sure and making sure that we stay ourselves you know so remember we guys don't get jaded I mean right now as we're talking we haven't talked about them yet on episodes we, we probably won't talk about them actually for two, I don't even know if two we're more weeks at least two more weeks I oh no say. no maybe next week we're not recording next week Oh, yeah, yeah, next week. Yeah, yeah. You know what right. I mean. Next yeah. episode. Uh, Possibly. Got, we have $7,000 worth of guitars sitting in here that yeah. were sent to us yeah. from TMG to review. Yeah. After, we're, not, we're not keeping we're these. We're not keeping them. After we uh, did our thing with, uh, we set up our thing with TMG, Yeah. Uh, Jonathan basically said like, hey, you know, thanks for doing this. Uh, I'm going to send you a couple of guitars for you guys to review for the show. So we do yeah. have that right now. And we're going we're gonna to play with these in the time between episodes and give you guys our honest opinion, like our full on opinion, you know, so full on. So you're going to get a good idea of what we think of these guitars from our unique perspective. Yeah. And not the perspective of someone who's already playing through $3,000 amp with, you know, a, you know, $6,000 pedal board or whatever. I'm going to play, I'm going to play one through a, uh, crate GX 15. I'm going to play one through a my $500 Princeton Reverb. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to play one through a Crate Power Block. <laughs> that would be great. That, we should do that as the video demo. <laughs> 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 All right. And we'll run it through the uh, Slam Punk distortion. Yeah, and through the Crate 2x12. All right. We don't have a song that was sent to us this week, so we're going to play another song from my band, Dinosaur Ghost. Uh, the song is Push It. I hope you guys enjoy it. See you next week. Bye. Oh, oh, hey. Uh, oh, also, my gosh. We did it again. Thank you to our sponsor, Gear Supply Co. Uh, we're really looking forward to trying out your strings. Thank you so much for sponsoring the episode. Yeah. Uh, everyone go to gearsupply.co and check, right. check them out. Uh, it sounds like, you know, a great the string subscriptions always sound really great to me. Like, it's yeah. the sort of thing I need because it seems like, Every two months, I'm like, okay, I need strings. Now I got to hunt down the best deal and I got to super worry about it. <laughs> I'd rather they were just there and I never had to think about it again. Right. Yeah. All right. See you guys next now week. Now we're done. Enjoy the song. Bye. Bye.